TGIF. It's Friday. Kind of a loose ends, casual Friday day here at Fighting for the Faith. You know, I, somebody on Facebook said they they wanted pictures of our setup. <laughs> yeah, everyone here just fell on the floor laughing. Um, uh, to the person who uh, <clears throat> wants to know what our setup looks like here, um, imagine if you would a um, a frat house. Um, Pirate Christian Radio Studio kind of looks like Delta, 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 except for we don't have nearly as much beer. <laughs> no, and the, actually, that's kind of a funny story. Is is that um, uh, Pirate Christian Radio, our studios, we're getting away with murder. I I'm going to just put it in simple terms. Um, in the same business park where Pirate Christian Radio lives and exists here in beautiful San Juan Capistrano, known for the swallows that come visit us every year at the same time, same day. You know, it's it's like cl- clockwork. The swallows come and then they build mud nets, uh, nests underneath your house. And boy, once they move in and they actually get that nest up and rolling, you cannot get that thing down. They're protected. But uh, <clears throat> here in beautiful San Juan Capistrano, California, the same business park that we are in is also uh, practically next door to us is another Christian radio program. And, um, well, <clears throat> let's just put it this way. They s- probably have in their radio equipment something to the tune of $150,000, $200,000 worth of really top-end radio equipment and you can walk into their studio and it's like one of those those ultra dead spaces you know you can hear a pin drop and um and you know there was all kinds of variances they needed in order to set up the the studio and to get it just right and they had it acoustically tuned um uh, we didn't do any of that <laughs> let's see we went to guitar center yeah, yeah. <laughs> woohoo! We went to Guitar Center, and uh, just so you know, you let's uh, let's talk about our equipment here. We have a Mackie DFX12 as our mixing board, and the nice thing is, is that that was an upgrade from our original Mackie. And um, I think what we got about 182 bucks into that thing. Yeah, about 182 bucks. Um, the, our most expensive a p- piece of equipment is our uh, broadcast host digital hybrid for the f- uh, few times that we actually do uh, radio uh, interviews for people on the phone. And uh, and then we've got all of our microphones on sale. So, <laughs> yeah, musicians, friends. And then we do all of our post-production work on Macintosh computers. And I think the Macs are probably the most expensive thing. And then as far as, you know, the sound bites and sound clips and stuff like that, well, it's running through a, a Macintosh laptop. <laughs> you know, we... Hmm. True so, um, yeah, that's a good point. We're true pirates. We're, we're, uh, we're doing much with little. And um, somebody actually said that our signal, you know, that w- because the way we're broadcasting, they can't tell the difference between us and the, and the uh, Christian program that spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on radio equipment. And um, I, don't think I don't think they like us, though. <laughs> I just, I, um, I, I think the comment we heard from one of their people was, we don't like the way you do Christian radio. 
Of course, their their program is all about it's it's pop psychology. It's it, it's how to raise happier children and and you know things like that. I don't want my children to be happy. I want them to be messed up and have to go through years of therapy like I did. Thank you. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, those of you who are who are not aware, um, the, I'll say this now because he's 19 years old and they're not going to come take him away at this point, you know, for child abuse. But when my uh, my son was, the, he's 19 years old now. I mean, he's like six foot eleven. I, you know, and, and he's 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 going he's going into the navy in a little bit. Um, but when he was a little tyke, you know, you ever have your children come to you and say, "Mommy, I'm afraid there's monsters under my beds." Um, well, um, we Joshua actually, you know, spent the first couple of years of his life on a college campus because my wife and I. Uh, we're going to college, and we were the uh, resident counselors at Concordia University, Irvine. Actually, it was Christ College, Irvine at the time. They changed it in the middle of our of our you know, right. It was actually our senior year. They changed it from Christ College, Irvine to Concordia University. I always refer to it now as Con U, you know, because I don't like the <laughs> I didn't like the change. And um, so anyway, he, we we lived in the dorms. We lived in the Delta uh, Quad at uh, Christ College. And uh, so we had a little small two-bedroom apartment at the Delta Quad. And so Joshua got to hear me and my buddies from college, you know, really talking it up all the time. And uh, this is going to be a shock for some of you. But liberals, uh, especially liberal theologians, always seem to be at the butt end of our jokes. And uh, so one time my son, you know, he's got to be two and a half, three years old. And he comes in into my bedroom in the middle of the night and he says, Dad, I think there's liberals underneath my bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to we had to get the liberals out from underneath his bed and his closet. Those are very scary people. Still, you, still yeah, he, he's still and now he he wears t shirt. He has a t shirt that you know that he got from the the Ayn Rand Institute. Yeah, yeah it says that communism equals death. So I'm so proud of him. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, and John, our, our production guy, he has he has a great he has a great analogy. You'll notice here at Fighting for the Faith that from time to time we go over our hour, and uh, it's a little bit odd because most radio programs, you know, they've got their strict, you got their one hour or two hour kind of things, and we just kind of kind of bleed in, bleed out of hours as we need to. We've never gone short though. But um, you know, John came up with a great analogy that Fighting for the Faith is like a baseball game. You know, we got nine innings that we got to get through, but the thing is, is that you just don't know how long those innings are going to be. You know, and sometimes we go into extra innings. So, and John, John is a is a huge baseball fan. And uh, what was really funny is earlier this year, John <laughs> took my wife, John and his girlfriend uh, took my wife and I to an Angel game, and probably some of the best seats I've ever had at a baseball game. And the and the Angels got slaughtered. I mean, it was it was by the sixth inning we were going, yeah, I think we should leave, <laughs> you know. So, but of course, they've been doing great the whole year, the rest of the year. So, <clears throat> all right, we're. I know that you, that's why you guys tuned in to listen to us to hear all of this silly stuff. Um, I I got some viewer email uh, that I've uh, viewer email. Uh, well, please, not viewer, listener, listener email. I'm getting old. Ugh. Getting old is just no fun. It's not right. Does it smell good, too? 
Uh, yeah, 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 right. All right, so here's the deal. Um, from a previous show, I talked about uh, the, the, the number 420. And, um, and, okay, here's another secret for you guys. I'm a total nerd, and I never have experimented with drugs. If it's, you know, well, my, see, when I was my first year in college, my roommates were dabbling in, in drugs. And uh, what was I doing because I'm a nerd? I was going to the uh, Hilton and Irvine and dropping Super Balls off the 10th story thing to see how high they bounce because gravity experiments are so much more fun than drugs. I know this is. Uh, they are. They really are. Oh, man. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that kind of gives you the idea. While other people are. I would. I'm a nerd, okay? Anyway, so uh, Kyle writes from uh, from Christner, Wisconsin, and he wanted to correct me uh, regarding what I uh, what I thought 420 was about. And of course, I d- didn't know. But you know, he says, "Hey, uh, Chris, I had to chime in because I consider myself a former expert on all drugs, and uh, the origins of 420 is not to smoke it before parents get home." See, that's what I thought. You know, you know, because I understand that 420 is like the universal light up time. I at least got that bit of it right. Um, he says uh, the effects of pot last four to eight hours. Man, so okay, so you got kids lighting up at four twenty, and you've got four hours, four to eight hours to to get the to come down. Where are their parents? I yeah, uh, I mean we have dinner every night together as a family, and if one of my children came down high, I think we'd notice it. You know, <laughs> and how do you hide the smell of that stuff? It's terrible. I, I, I uh, I've been to a couple of concerts. You know, in fact, in the winter, what we went to the uh, the Van Halen concert. You know, and boy, that was uh, different. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you see, uh, well, Van Halen. You know, we enjoy their guitar playing. And uh, when I was growing up in the 80s, they were a really cool band. But, of course, I didn't go to any of their concerts. And so thinking, you know, hey, I'm pushing 40. I wasn't 40 at the time. Pushing 40, Van Halen's gotten back together. Hey, it'd be, it'd be like a throwback to the 80s, you know. The problem was is that uh, so many people in the audience at the Van Halen concert were my age and my girth. And these were some women, too. And the worst part about it was is that they were actually wearing clothes uh, like halter tops and spandex, and um, my mind is still, I still, parts of my brain are not functioning properly after seeing that. You know, I'm sorry, but it, if you're 40 years old and you're overweight, you have no right in wearing anything that's skin tight, yet alone dancing or, oh, it was terrible. What were these people thinking? And and so what's funny is is that, you know, yeah, the music was loud and yeah, Eddie Van Halen was clean and he looked sharp and, you know, had chiseled abs and was and he was playing great, but you know, in front of me were just some of the most outrageous looking people I've ever seen in my life. And it was difficult, difficult to get through. And uh here's another confession. I actually had a spare ticket and so who did I invite? My pastor. So <laughs> I did. Why am I saying this on the air? I confession is good for the soul. Anyway, while we were waiting in line to you know outside of their uh, outside of the auditorium before they let everybody in, somebody had uh, had lit up uh, you know a joint and 
you know, we got we were getting free wafts of this stuff, and, and I'm thinking this stuff smells like garbage. You know, it, it, it's 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 not a good fried ants is a good way of describing it. You, yeah, if you ever taken a, a magnifying glass to ants and the smell that comes from that, it's like that. It was terrible. Anyway, why am I telling these stories? Oh, that's right. It's casual Friday. Right. right. Okay, coming back to Kyle's email. Um, okay, so the effects of pot last four to eight hours. Some also think it was a police code for, illeg- for illegal drugs, but however, 420 is not a police code for illegal drugs. According to Steve Hagar, editor of T- High Times, that sounds like a great publication, that... <laughs> The uh, the term 420 originated at San Rafael High School in 1971 among a, a group of about a dozen pot-smoking wiseacres who called themselves the Waldos. Uh, they are now pushing 50, by the way. The term was shorthand for the time of day the group would meet at the campus statue of Louis Pasteur to smoke pot. Intent on developing their own discrete language, they made 420 uh, a code for a time to get high, and its and its use spread among members of an entire generation. While our teens feel that they know something we don't, you can let them let them in on the fact that it was your generation, actually our generation, that uh, came up with the numbers. Thanks. You know, I'm feeling old now. Um, a quote from one of the Waldos in the High Times article states: "We did discover. Uh, let's see. We did discover we could talk about getting high in front of our parents without them knowing by using the phrase 420. And uh, fortunately, your teenagers will not have that same option." Yeah, so they have to change. Oh, I know. Hey, let's change it to 425. They'll never figure that out. <laughs> 430. Okay, so he says, so basically it's uh, the potheads enigma. Just thought I should correct you. Also, I have uh, damaged more brain cells than I uh, can count, and it appears you are correct. I have lost my critical thinking skills because I keep on listening to your Fighting for the Faith program. Yeah, see, that's right. See, you know, we're really popular among those who fried their brain cells because most people, you know, with with at least half mental capacity would never listen to this program. <sighs> oh, man. Okay, let's see. Um, okay, this was, uh, this is a good one here. We've got a pile of emails. Uh, this is from Elaine in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, this is in reference to your discussion about church planters who start multi-site churches that use video sermons piped in from the pastor's uh, original church campus. This is Elaine writing. One of your comments was how video church was uh, to real church what pornography was to sex. That's that. That was my point. You know, it, it, see, we got a lot of these churches that are going multi-site. In fact, if you go to LifeChurch.tv, uh, that's a, that's an example of a church that has multi-sites, not even just locally, but they've they've established multi-sites in different parts of the world, uh, country. And um, I think Grushel is his name, Pastor. He's he's one of these young hip guys that everyone's looking to now because you know he's so cool. Yeah, you know, I should play that audio clip from, yeah, you know, uh, the, you know, this, I'm, I'm going to completely get on a tangent here. Uh, he has a book that's uh, coming out and um, his publisher put together a, uh, a little 11.com and put it uh, together a YouTube video promoting uh, his book. And uh, if I play this, I, I got to warn people ahead of time. This isn't exactly kid friendly because I'm I'm in the museum of idolatry right now, and I think I uh, this ended up 
in the uh, Christian erotica section. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Christian erotica, we're, that's what it's all about, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and was this before the 30 day sex challenge? I, yeah, let's see. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, I found it. Boy, this is, you're going to love this. Um, <clears throat> The yeah the, the life pa- TV is an example of a multi site church. The pastor's name is Craig Groschel, and uh, he's he, again he's he's got a new book out called It. It, um, and you know do you have it? He can't define it, but he knows if you have it. You know, talking about what it takes to be a successful pastor, you have to have it. You know. I, I, I kid you not. Anyway, he put together a um, the the name of he wrote a book that came out last year called Going All the Way, and uh, let's see if we can play this. This is really relevant, cutting edge pastoral stuff here. Um, again, this is not. One day I got incredible. This is called Squirrels and Sex. That's right, Squirrels and Sex. This is Pastor Greg, Craig Groschel from LifeChurch.tv. Again, this is not kid-friendly. You might want to escort them into another room, but here we go. ...close to the squirrel, close enough to reach out and touch the little squirrel. All of a sudden, I found a little squirrel and just went on his little head. Pet, 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 pet. Stroke, 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 stroke. Pet, 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 pet. Stroke, 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 stroke. <laughs> That is the noise a squirrel makes when he rips your little hand to shreds. Sexual temptation. Pet, 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 pet. Stroke, 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 stroke. Pet, 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 <laughs> The moral of the squirrel story is this. Don't pet the squirrel. Yes, that double entendre was brought to you by Pastor Craig Groschel from LifeChurch.tv. <laughs> All right, I, 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 this is really sad. I am actually bunny trailing myself with bunny trails. The question is, can I get back to the original topic? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if I land on my feet after this one. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, Elaine is writing that uh, you know regarding these video campuses. And she says, uh, this is a reference to your discussion about church planners who who start multi-site churches and use video sermons piped in from the pastor's original church campus. One of your comments was how video church was to real church what pornography was to sex. Absolutely. Okay, and let me me reemphasize this. Um, You guys who are addicted to porn out there, um, if you think that you're actually having a relationship with that woman... Who's spread eagle in those pictures? Uh, you're not. In fact, if you were to meet her on the street, she wouldn't know you from Adam, Steve, Larry, or whoever. And uh, you're not having a relationship with her, and that ain't real sex. Much the same way these multi-site churches, these pastors who are piping in their sermons, this is what I would, I have to call it this. It's pastoral pornography. That's, that's, I think that's the right way to put it. You're not having a real pastoral pastoring relationship with this man. He really doesn't know who you are. Or oh, uh, no, don't don't go there. Yeah. 
or woman. Yeah, it depends on what church you're at. If you, yeah, if they're piping in uh, video sermons from a woman, then that's that that's like triple X pastoral pornography. Anyway, so, yeah, okay, back to my point. You're not really having a relationship with this guy. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't, you know, but what he does care about is that your butt is filling a seat in one of his multi-site campuses so he can brag to his other pastoral buddies about how many people come to his church and how God is blessing them because of the number of people that have showed up. Think about that. Anyway, uh, Elaine continues. She says, uh, one of the things I found so interesting was your comment about how in video church you don't have a relationship with your pastor. I went to New Spring uh, Community Church in Anderson, South Carolina, for more than three years. By the way, uh, New Spring Community Church uh, is uh, pastored by Pastor Perry Noble. And Pastor Perry Noble is one of these uh, bright and shining stars in the purpose-driven uh, church movement. And he's he's got multi-site stuff going on, too. But uh, Elaine didn't go to one of the multi-site campuses. She actually went to his real church. <clears throat> and so she says, okay, let's see. All right, so she went there for three years. And I can promise you that I didn't have a relationship with the pastor going to the original church campus either. I think once people get involved in these huge mega churches, they no longer expect to know any of the church staff personally. So you might as well be watching them as on TV as watching them up in the in the video monitors in the huge auditorium at the church itself. That's a good point. Elaine continues, thankfully, I am now a member of a wonderful church that exposits the scriptures and my pastor even teaches my Sunday school class. Wow, he's old fashioned. He's an artifact. You know, maybe he needs to pimp his church. Eh, never mind. I've gotten to know my new pastor better in the nine months I've been here than I did my other pastor in the entire three years at my previous church. My new pastor is even going through our church role this year and praying for every single member of the church by name. He lets us know the week before he's going to pray for us specifically so that we can let him know if we have any specific needs that we want him to pray for. You can't get that from video church. And now now can you? So I'm thankful God brought me to my new church home. Right on. Right on. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Let's hear it for small churches. So, you know, they say that that uh, that what is it? Pink is the new black. That's that's right. I mean, I was reading Cosmo the other week. Fuchsia. Fuchsia? Now, that challenges my sexuality. Okay. So, well, they're saying that. Okay, then pink. Why do I feel like I just got teed up and hit in the wrong direction? Anyway, <laughs> casual Friday. <sighs> anyway, they say that pink is the new black. I think small is the new big. <laughs> so that being the case, if you really want to have a big church nowadays, you need to have a small one. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Never mind. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. This is a hijacked news story here. Um, th- not sure where this where this one came from, but uh, you know, I I can't vouch for its 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 veracity and authenticity, or uh, even at it, it even whether or not it's it's true or not. But it just has the ring of truth to it. Um, headline reads: New Bible by Joel Osteen promises more rewarding read of Holy Writ. Nice alliteration, right? New Bible by Joel Osteen promises more rewarding read of Holy Writ. Luke 
chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, records Jesus' parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. However, a new and more clever and relevant version of the Bible, which Joel Osteen is rumored to already be preaching from, retells this parable for us in a unique and refreshing way. Wow, do tell. Got to find out more about this. Osteen's new Bible is called the Total Rewards American Paraphrase, or the Trap Bible for short. Um, this, this new version of the scriptures appears to be self-published and promises to be unlike any version that has preceded it. Yeah, so this is really cool. So the Total Rewards American pra- Paraphrase, otherwise known as the Trap Bible, um, promises to be unlike any version that has ever preceded it. And uh, here's, here's an excerpt from uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector from Joel Osteen's new uh, Total Rewards American Paraphrase. And uh, this is rather interesting. I wonder if I can actually read this in, in, in Osteen's kind of Texas drawl. <clears throat> I'll try. Yeah, I'll, I'll smile when I say it. You know, it helps when you smile. You can actually do Joel Osteen if you smile. Just smile while you're talking. Don't, 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 that, don't turn that, turn that frown, make upside down, turn it into a smile. Here we go. <clears throat> Jesus also told this parable to certain ones who thought poorly of themselves and showed contempt to themselves by refusing to find the champion within. That, that's Luke chapter 18, verse 9 from the new Total Rewards American Paraphrase. Verse 10, two men went into the temple to pray, and one was the successful pastor of a megachurch, and the other was an unvictorious victim who worked for the IRS. The successful pastor stood and prayed about himself and used positive self-talk to affirm the victories of his life. I thank you, God, that I am so wonderful, that I am more than a conqueror, that I am not burdened with negative thoughts, and that I have a number one best-selling book. And unlike that IRS agent over there, I am a victor instead of a victim, and that my bank account is filled to overflowing. Uh, Verse 13, but the IRS agent, standing some distance away, dwelled on negative thoughts of guilt and shame. He wouldn't embrace the champion within, but instead could only look at the ground and feel bad for himself. He prayed, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Uh, This is the big twist here in this. Uh, Verse 14 from the Total Rewards American Paraphrase says, um, Jesus uh, then proclaimed, I tell you that God would not listen to that IRS agent but he refu- because he refused to live in victory. For everyone who humbles himself will be rejected, and everyone who exalts himself will be exalted even higher. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's an excerpt from uh, Joel Osteen's Total Rewards American Paraphrase. Yeah, be, yeah. In a, in a case like that, it would be read, better to read Doctor Seuss. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I'm aware. Okay, uh, here's another email from Penny. Um, not sure where Penny's from, but Penny writes. Um, now this this is a good email actually. This is one of those emails where uh, somebody challenges something that I say, and it gives me the opportunity to 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 delve deeper into what I was talking about. Because if you remember, was it last year we did Gloria Copeland? Uh, where we had the audio from Glo- Gloria Copeland, and we, we had to we had to put our hands on parts of our body that were not working, right? And I didn't. I still have not experienced my uh, weight loss miracle, Gloria. Um, you know, do I need to send in a seed seed offering for that? <clears throat> Maybe I should just stop eating Los Colandrinas. Yeah, love gift. <clears throat> 
I need to send in a love gift for my love handles. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, here we go. Chris, I just wanted to let you know that uh, how much I enjoy fi- uh, fighting for the faith. My husband has always believed the word faith teaching, so that's the type of church we've we've gone to. I've begun to really search the scriptures and understand how wrong these teachings are. Thanks for helping me re- replace truth for lies. Since I have uh, endured lots of word faith over the years, I can tell you that I've never heard any of them say that they think they are going to live forever. They do believe that all sickness is from Satan and that they have the authority to bind it. If some of them do believe uh, they can have some sort of uh, unaging body, I'm not aware of it. I guess what I'm saying is that if you're going to expose correct, uh, if you're going to expose and correct false teaching, it would be better to stick to refuting what they actually believe. If they do believe in some uh, some sort of immortality before the resurrection, please correct me. Uh, before listening to your uh, podcast, I wasn't even aware of the sorry state of affairs in the church that, uh, with the purpose-driven, emergent, seeker-sensitive, etc. It has given me a renewed zeal to know the scriptures so that I can rightly divide. Keep up the good work in Christ, Penny. Penny, thank you. Um, uh, again, I, I appreciate the fact that you're taking the time to dig into the scriptures, compare uh, what uh, the word faith teachers are uh, teaching compared to the Bible in context. That is always a good thing. And I'm glad that you're even taking me on and saying, hey, wait a second, I'm not sure if that's right. That's the right thing to do. So don't feel bad about uh, about challenging me at all. And so let me let me explain this to you. The reason I pointed out that uh, that Gloria was looking old and why she, she doesn't look like a 20-year-old um, bathing suit model and Gloria Copeland as a bathing suit model kind of hurts my brain too. Um, anyway, um, the reason I said that is because it goes back to the sentence you said. The word faith teachers do believe that all sickness is from Satan and they have the authority to bind it. Now, all sickness, if that's true, if that statement is true, that all sickness is from Satan, then they have to take into consideration every single one of us is aging and aging is not a natural thing it's a it's a form of sickness okay our bodies stop working properly for instance my digestive tract if i eat spicy italian food some nights then i'm i'm up in agony having to have a pepsid in the middle of the night well what that it wasn't like that 10 years ago well what happened i'm getting older and as a result of it the aging process is kicking in and it's it's it is a true form of sickness, if you would. My body isn't working right. And Gloria made the point of saying that we have the right, the ability, because of Isaiah fifty three, verse three and four, you know, by his stripes we're healed, that somehow that means that every imperfection, everything that is not working properly, should be able to be healed. And yet she's old. That there's people who are word faith teacher who wear glasses. Some are overweight, and the thing is, is that aging is a part of this this whole thing. So I, even though they don't teach that, I connected the logical dots for them. And in logic, we call that a reductio ad absurdum. What you do is you take a, an argument and you run it out to its logical conclusion, and then when you do that. That's how you get there. So the the fact that, uh, that I said that she was getting old and she's not looking any younger and she's not a 20-year-old bathing suit model, well, she's aging. That shows that she's under the curse still and that things in her body are not working right. Absolute, undeniable 
evidence to that effect. Anyway, we're up on our first break, and uh, we will be right back shortly after this. If you would like to uh, email me, you can at talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com. That's talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, and you do not need to feel like you have to tell me how, thing, how great things are. Challenge me. Take, take this stuff. Think it through. If you don't agree with it, then let's, let's talk. I love it. Anyway, we'll be right back. My local Christian bookstore just sells Jesus schlock. Where can I find good material? We at NewReformationPress.com are committed to providing a hand-picked selection of books and teaching materials that educate, inform, and entertain while uniquely maintaining a relentless focus on the gospel. We believe that these forgotten doctrines and their scriptural emphases can not only enrich individual Christians and revive the church, but also address the deepest needs of our culture. Discover our growing library of resources by Dr. Rod Rosenblatt of the White Horse Inn Radio Program including his powerful address, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church, available exclusively at NewReformationPress.com, or the big-picture audio presentation Bible in an Hour by Pastor Wade Butler. Learn the center and scope of redemptive history and scripture in just one hour. And of course, be sure not to miss our selection of t-shirts, gifts, and artwork as well. NewReformationPress.com. Finally, Reformation Theology Made Accessible. Python's Flying Circus Church. Chicago, 6 p.m. Inside Lucy Perkins' bedroom. I want to tell you my secret now. Okay. I see emergent people. In your dreams? No. When you're awake? Emergent people like in coffee shops and cohorts? Walking around like regular people. They don't see the truth. They only see what they want to believe. They don't know how to attend their sins. How often do you see them? All the time. They're everywhere. No itching ears are scratched here. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. back you know i got a listener in australia who uh, sent me the link to a quote sermon and um, there's very little evidence in fact i'm convinced that if you put the sermon on trial that uh, it would be difficult to uh, find, you know, to actually for a, a a jury of your peers to find it actually guilty of being a sermon. Um, I feel like I should play some of this just because it's it's really over the top. Um, this is from the city uh, Christian City Church, and uh, this this church is in Oxford Falls uh, in Australia, and uh, we're gonna pick this up. Uh, the, they recorded the entire service. And uh, 
This is an hour and four minutes into the service. This is after the worship piece of it. And the pastor of the church is going to be introducing Pastor Dave Gilpin. And Pastor Dave Gilpin is from England. And um, what does he look like? Um, He's... He looks like a rock and roll star. You know, he kind of has that really weird dress thing going on. His hair is really spiky. He's wearing the really cool Randy Jackson glasses. And he's got, like, white cowboy boots on. And, you know, I don't know. He, he, you know what he, he looks like? He looks like he could be on that show uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah. No, I, I kid you not. Anyway, so we're, we're going to pick up in the middle of the sermon and see if this actually sounds like a sermon to you, if you can uh, tell if this is a sermon or not. I mean, he, he does some sermony type of things. Um, but uh, l- let's listen to them introducing Pastor Dave Gilpin and what he goes on about. Man, we've had a bit of everything this morning, haven't we? It's fantastic. Hey, I look, it's with great joy that I want to introduce to you David and Jenny Gilpin and their son Ryan, who's with them traveling. They're all the way from Sheffield, England, uh, even though their roots are actually, well, it's a combination of Australian and English roots. And as I said, I went to university with David. That They run, they are the senior ministers of a great church, a large, cutting-edge church. In the- large, cutting-edge church. This is Pastor Dave Gilpin being introduced. He's the pastor of a large, cutting-edge church. North of England, uh, they uh, which has several congregations and a lot of people in it. Oh yeah, they engage in pastoral pornography. Become great friends of Pastor Phil and Chris and Bernie and mine and Simon and Helen. They're going to join us in Hawaii. They're coming over tomorrow to be with us. And uh, I don't know what that was, but anyway, it's all good. You guys see way before I do. I'm just out there launching it, okay? And uh, so why don't we give uh, give them all a hand, but also welcome Dave Gilpin as he comes to preach. The word of God this morning. Now, now he's been just in, he's just been introduced and in, in it, he the pastor of Christian City Church in Oxford Falls, Australia, has just said that Pastor Dave Gilpin is going to come and preach the word of God. Right? All right, well, let's go. Let's see if you can figure out who this sermon's about. Just ask yourself, who is this sermon about? Oh, fabulous. He's back. It was good to preach to you this morning. Was that good? You enjoy that? You enjoy it? Okay. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So how come you're not sitting down? Want to give me another hand clap? Is that what, is that what you... Thank you very much. Oh, us poms. We did well at the Olympics, didn't we, hey? Yes, you're all jealous because us POMs, you know, sure it was funded by lottery funding, you know, but, and we had Australian coaches for everything, you know, but, uh, how are we? We good? Great. Well, it's, it's just an honor. Thanks, Mark and Bernie for having me and, uh, and for Pastor Phil. Uh, who, uh, if he's on holidays, he won't be watching us right now uh, via the internet, but probably is. Hello, Pastor Phil. <laughs> I, I, uh, we just uh, had a great time last night, and, uh, and uh, we're going to have a great time this morning here at Christian City Church. I've got a few things, 16 things you'll never hear a man say. Number one, I thought the bed sheets might need cleaning, so I put them in the washing machine. Number two, I thought the red dress looked good, but there's no rush. There's plenty of other shops we can try before you make up your mind. 
Uh, number three, it's uh, nothing as bad as the flu. I've just got a bit of a cold. Uh, my boss is really good at his job and quite a pleasant bloke. Uh, you can, uh, you know, dear, you can never have too many pairs of shoes. Uh, I'm completely lost. So I'll wind down the window and ask that man for directions. <sighs> That's enough about me. Tell me about you. Uh, does my bum look big in this? I love it. While you're away with your friends, I'll go to Ikea and get that self-assembly wardrobe. It'll be fixed in a couple of hours. I love that. This, now, if you're not married, close your ears, right? Uh, 16 things never hear a man say. I'd be just as happy with a kiss and a cuddle this evening. Uh, I've written all the Christmas cards. Now I'll make a list of presents to buy. And last one, oh good, an invitation to your second cousin's wedding. That'll be fun. Was that supposed to be the text for the sermon today? I don't know what that was. <laughs> 16 things you'll never hear a man say, um, told by a guy who kind of looks like he dresses like Elton John. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I, I'm on a, I mean, oh, well, let me show, would you like to, would you like to see a little bit of fly on the wall of me working back in Sheffield in England to see how hard I work? I uh, do some counseling every now and again. It's not great counseling. You'll see why in a second. And, uh, and people aren't lining up anymore for me to counsel them. And it's probably because I videoed certain people in counseling situations so that I could show Christian city. Ch- now, keep in mind, this is supposed to be a sermon. Because uh, Pastor Gilpin is supposed to be uh, preaching from the Word of God for the Christian city church. Um, so far, we haven't heard anything remotely resembling the Word of God. But this is a pa- this is a sermon, you know. Go to Oxford Falls. So would you like a nosy a fly at the wall of me doing some? Hopefully, it's all cute. I, you know, I can't wait to see you counseling. I just, you know, I want to see more and more of you. Pastor Dave Gilpin, you're so cool. I want to be just like you. I want to show you what I showed last night. And, uh, and the person who runs my ministry to non-English speaking people uh, comes in. She wants some advice from me. And so I'm the fountain of all knowledge. And so I said, only if I can video it for Oxford Falls. And so we videoed it. And uh, this is the result. So this is to get to know moi a little bit more. So Moi? <laughs> That's a little French lingo. It means me. That's who he's really preaching about. Let's dim the lights and uh, let's uh, watch it. The video says, Dave Gilpin Productions presents... <laughs> well, Dave Gilpin. <laughs> Pastor Dave and his staff. Come on in. Hey, Dave, can I see you a minute? Sure, take a seat then. How can I help you, Deb? Dave, I've lost my freedom. I think the dream's dead. It's over. I think I've got just the thing. He's now going to lip sync. If you have a lighter, you might want to light it now and wave it in the air. This is so cutting edge. 
This is so relevant. But you never see the end of the road while you're traveling with me. Head down, head down. All right, uh, two guys just appeared from underneath his desk to uh, do backup vocals. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> don't dream it's over now. Oh, so there we go. That, you can see why no one. You can see why no one wants to be counseled by me, can't you? Listen, I'm going to be naughty. I'm going to show you one more, right? And it's the number one on the uh, counseling sessions, if, if you can queue it up. And someone, one of my young guys uh, who uh, teaches computer skills to uh, asylum seekers came in. He wanted to know about love. He's a single guy, and uh, I, I know a bit about love. Would you like to see? see it? Okay, let's no. see if, if this, if this comes, comes out right. They, they don't have it. They don't have it. Oh, no. They didn't have the video queued up so that we can see more of Pastor Dave Gilpin in his counseling sessions. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Oh, but they'll have it tonight. Oh, goody. They'll have it tonight. Uh, tonight, I, tonight I'm going to speak on uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Some people say I've got it. And, uh, and I'd like to turn it around and make it a gift of the Holy Spirit. I would like to see the Bible verses on that one. Guess what? Attention, dis- attention deficit disorder is, is, is in, thir- it's right, it's in the, it's in the epistle of third Corinthians. It's now a gift of the Holy Spirit. Hi. <laughs> Oh, it gets better. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's on turning weaknesses into strengths, and, and you're going to have a great time. I've been on a roll lately because um, I've been writing lots of books. I wrote one last year. It's called Rage Against Beige, and it's against the color beige. And, uh, you know, I've got a theory. God hates two things. He hates beige because it's so mediocre and so average, and he hates Volvos. And uh, because Volvos, they're just so safe, aren't they? I mean, Christianity is an adventure, isn't it? It's, it's out in the high seas. It's, it's in the fast lane. You know, it's not in the... And the thing that God hates most of all, you know, this would have been if they had them back in Solomon's days, uh, that the God hates mostly is people that drive beige Volvos. Is this supposed to be funny? I, I think he's slipped into some kind of a... Uh, stand-up comedy routine at this point. You know, he missed his calling. He missed his calling. You know, forget the fact that the Bible says that uh, pastors are supposed to preach the word. Um, see, he he's decided that he's going to just do stand-up. He he's very gifted in that department too. Yeah, he would do really well. You know, maybe opening for Eddie Izzard. Have you seen him? Eh? You know, in their, in their brown cardigan, you know, and, and they look like what everybody thinks is your, is your typical Christian, you know, driving a safe car with a safe color. Who believes that Christianity is dangerous, radical, on the edge, on the high seas? We're going places in God. And uh, where are you going there, Pastor? On the high seas. You know, I, I, being the uh, captain of Pirate Christian Radio, <laughs> arr, you know, I'm all about the adventure and the high seas part, but uh, I don't really see that as a Christian thing. 
Can't, a, a Bible verse would be good here. A single verse. Come on, Dave. Come on. Put the pointy boots away and, you know, open up a Bible. I'm sure somebody in there has one somewhere. Or you can look it up on the Internet, you know, because you're so cutting edge and cool. Yeah. www.biblegateway.com. Lots of Bibles there. Anyway, I sold it. and uh, I sent it off to... I sent it off to publishers, and, uh, and no one wanted it. Then I thought, I had a brainwave. Let's send it to Ikea. They might like it. And so I got a phone call from the managing director of Ikea UK, and, uh, and, he, said, and he said, I loved it. And he said, he said, I want to use it for our 2009 catalog, national catalog. So I'll put your Rage Against Beige. So it's just things like, like, be too big for your beige. It's been a hard day's beige. Don't visit Beijing. Get it? Get it? It's, that's all it is. Took me two days. So far, uh, any evidence so far to convict this particular sermon of actually being a sermon? Well, yeah. Comedy's not his gift. No, it, yeah, comedy's not his spiritual gift either. Um, you know, that reminds me, you know, Bono. I, I, I saw an interview with uh, Bono from U2, and he was, he was just ripping apart some, quote, Christian bands who who were they would thank god that because god inspired them to write a particular song and and bono basically said um you know that's an argument for atheism because their songs were wretched no god would inspire anybody to write or sing such a thing (laughs) anyway i thought it was a clever comment we continue let's see if this let's see if this turns into a sermon anytime soon we're uh a good six minutes into it so far and uh i've well, you heard. And, uh, and, and he said, well, do your book on the left-hand side and our, our product on the right-hand side. And, uh, and so we struck a deal. So you're looking, at, uh, you're looking at an official supplier to IKEA UK. Hooray, good for you. Goody, goody. Yay, Rage Against Beige. Yay. And... Uh, so my, my latest book I've sent off uh, to publishers, it's called Man Boobs and Other Human Rights. Yes, you heard that right. He has a, he's holding up a copy of his book called Man Boobs and Other Human Rights. This is a church sermon. Sermon. Yeah. Pat, you see, a bit, see, this is what happens when uh, America exports its heresies to other countries. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Satan is an equal opportunity guy when it comes to heresy and sending people to hell and distracting us from Christ. And Jesus hasn't made an appearance yet. Neither has the Bible so far in Pastor Dave Gilpin's sermon. I'm, I'm saying that in the loosest definition of the term sermon. No, it's, it's a right for every man to have man boobs after a certain age. Hands up if you've got man boobs here this morning. Come on, hands up. Women, you know your men, hands up if they've got man boobs. It's a, it's a right of every man to have man boobs. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I got a theory. If you put a, if you put a man in a forest, right, it's a question. If you've got to put a man in a forest, there's no woman present for miles around, right? And he expresses an opinion. Is he still wrong? You know, I, I heard that one before. He ripped that off from somebody else. That wasn't even particularly clever. Uh, this is a sermon, by the way, sermon from uh, Christian City Church, Oxford Falls, uh, Australia. Pastor Dave Gilpin, quote, preaching, unquote. 
you know, it's just, it's just a question. It just seems like men are wrong all the time. You know, just, we're never right. And so I thought I'll write a book on the defense of the male species. And uh, so I'm on a roll. And while I was on a roll, I thought I'd rewrite Footprints in the Sand. Who is he preaching about? You know, I, I'm having a hard time believing that it's possible for anyone else inside of that congregation to actually still be breathing because his head is so big, I'm sure he's sucking up every last bit of oxygen with every breath that he takes. And uh, I don't like it. You know, it's in, it's in every person's home. Like you go into someone's home, they've got, the big, they got the, big, uh, the big spoon and the big fork they got from Fiji 89. You know, and, and, then they, and then they've got their mug. You like a cup of coffee? Yeah, but not in the footprints mug. You know, everyone's got footprints. You go to a Christian bookstore, and how do you know it's a Christian bookstore? Because they all need a shave, and that's the women. Oh, oh man. Uh, we're officially 10 minutes into this sermon, and I'm, I'm using it that term loosely. No, that's in the United Kingdom. Sorry, that's in England. That's in England. It's not here in Australia, but that's in England. You know, how do you judge whether or not a sermon was a good sermon? By how entertaining it was? I mean, I mean, if that's how you determine a good sermon, I mean, what, do you determine it based upon the passion of the guy delivering it? This guy is passionate about preaching about himself, and he sure is entertaining. I mean, what can be funnier than man boobs? I don't think they're funny. But, um, I mean, how, how do you determine whether or not a sermon was a good sermon? Was it based upon how many people laughed? How you were raised to the height of laughing ecstasy? He was entertaining. He was engaging. It was uh, thought-provoking. Or do you determine whether, or do you say, I think a sermon was a good sermon because... The pastor brought to me Christ and him crucified for my sins. He opened up the word of God and the word of God showed me my sin and my need for a savior. And the word of God comforted me by giving me Christ and him crucified for my sins. And as a result of it, my life cannot possibly ever be the same because the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Or is it man boobs? Because man boobs are funny. And uh, Footprints is, is for sale, you know, and, uh, so I, and I don't like it. I really don't like it. I, and so I thought I'll rewrite it. Okay. This is how mine goes, right? Yeah, he's rewritten Footprints. Here's his version of Footprints. Because you know, we should have like a pirate Christian radio fighting for the faith haiku writing contest. And if you can work the word footprints into it, you know, we'll send you a free pirate Christian radio pen because we have those now. You ready? One night, I ha one night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, uh, in each scene I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints. Other times there was one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that during the lope, you'll know when my bit comes in, all right? You'll just know. 
Oh yeah, that one he he did say Lord. That's Bibleish. Any evidence so far that this is a sermon? Uh, during the low periods of my life, when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So, by the way, the the <clears throat> that little poem, footprints, you know, about Jesus and the sand and the footprints and all that kind of stuff, it's not in the Bible. I, I hate to break it to you. I know some of you are going to be very disappointed to hear this. You might actually think he's reading from the Bible right now. He's not. Somebody else wrote this. This isn't in scripture. I said to the Lord, Lord, you promised me that if I followed you, that you'd walk with me. But I've noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there have only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, you've not been there for me? The Lord replied. Yeah, sorry about that. And the Lord replied, sorry about that. That was the punchline. You see, it's now a joke. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> it's really bad. It's so bad. Oh, my. So they have open mic night. Yeah, it, it, right. That's a great way to put it, John. This is open mic night at uh, Christian City Church in Oxford Falls, Australia. How come, Lord, like, you know, during the toughest times of my life, there was only one set of footprints? Where'd you go? Well, I'm sorry about that. Dun, dun, dun. So far, no evidence that this is a sermon. It would not be convicted in a court of law in anywhere in Western civilization of actually being a sermon. I would have loved to have picked you up, but I'm kind of attempting to make you a champion out of you, not just a child. A world beater, Goliath, Slayer, history, make a strong leader, reliable partner. So would it be okay if you stopped your whinging and just started believing? That's as far as I've got. That's as far as I've got. I'm, I, I, that's as far as I've got. Yeah, I, I just, I like mine better. Mine not sell as well. You know, but, but I, I kind of got a feeling that God doesn't want me to stay in nappies the rest of my life. You know, I've had it out with the Lord. I thought, those footprints in the sand, they're not sandals. They're not yours. They're my pointy shoes. You know, and God, you know, God said, oh, you're right there, Dave. <sighs> 13 minutes into it, and uh, nothing whatsoever to be able to convict it of actually being a sermon. How is it that Christian churches and Christian pulpits have been taken over by these guys? What happened? Whatever happened to reverence? Whatever happened to pastors who, who, who handled the word of God as if it's the word of God? Liberals. You know, yeah, the, the, you know, Liberals, see, son, you're afraid of liberals. You know, watch out. They could be under your bed. You know what? This is the new form of liberalism. It's not the social gospel. It's the uh, it's the abundant life heresy and the entertain ourselves to death stuff. These people are charlatans. These people are wolves. Why is it that we're putting up with them supposedly, quote, feeding us the word of God? 
this guy hasn't fed us anything except for how wonderful he is and the great Ikea, th- you know, has decided that they're going to use his rage against the beige concept. And, uh, and man boobs. That's just... Uh, you know what Don calls it when I do that? She says that's dragon breath. He says, don't be doing that dragon breath, Chris. <sighs> yeah, I'm doing dragon breath. Anyway, I think you've heard enough of that sermon. And, you know, it's casual Friday anyway. But uh, I'd like to th- <laughs> thank you for listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro, and if you would like to um, email me and let me know how you want to rage against the beige or you think that talking about man boobs in church is a great thing, um, you know, you can do that. Uh, all you need to do is email me, and you can do so at talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com. Talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and have a great weekend. We'll catch you guys on Monday. Thank you.